And I do believe that 20 years from now, I will more regret not taking action and, and letting fear run me. And I found this out as a kid. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Do you struggle with getting your message in front of the right people? I don't mean figuring out which of the many social media channels to be out there. Whenever you have a new offer or a new opportunity or even a new resource that you really want to share with your community, do you struggle with getting your community to actually open your emails? I have created a really awesome in-depth workshop where we'll go through exactly how you can use a welcome series. It's a series of five to seven emails that people get when they first join your list that creates a curated customer experience and leads to higher engagement rates, higher conversion rates, and higher open and click rates. You can join me and grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. If you've ever wanted to create an engaged community that you know is going to be more eager to open your messages, learn about your offerings, and of course, expand the audience in which see your offer and have the opportunity to invest their time, energy, resources, and money with you, this is definitely an option for you to get those welcome series written. So this three-hour workshop will be a get-it-done style, training, time to write, and time to get feedback. Grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for community leaders. We're talking about the business side of building a community around what you do and who you serve. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. And today I'm really excited. We're talking to David Wood. David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google. What an accomplishment for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David, of course, is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself. He survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessed the death of his sister at age seven, had anxiety, depression, and interestingly enough, an appearance on the National Gong Show. I wasn't aware that was still on. (laughs) So he coaches high-performing business owners to double their revenue and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. And I love this approach of, you know, doing less to get more. I find that as entrepreneurs, so many of us kind of feel that the only way we can be making a bigger impact, the only way we can build bigger businesses and bigger communities is to always be hustling, right? Do more, do more, do more. And I love this approach of, you know, doing less to actually increase your revenue and then of course, increase your impact. So David, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks, Kimberly. I'm enjoying your enthusiasm. Awesome. I've heard I am very energetic, uh, energetic, wow, uh, and uh, excited to have you here. So tell me, you know, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, as we mentioned in, in the bio, you've got a, quite a number of obstacles yourself, but becoming the, the journey from actuary to becoming uh, the top ranked life coach on Google. Tell me a little bit about how you came to be doing what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, I went into actuarial science, which for people who don't know is all about numbers and statistics and projecting, say, 100 years into the future and trying to work out if, if an insurance company is going to be solvent then. And I was quite the nerd. I still am. 
So I went into actuarial science and I thought I had it made being on Park Avenue and consulting at the age of 24. I had an office. I'm consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon and Chanel. I'm like, this is it. You have arrived. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't happy. And someone suggested I go and do a personal growth course. And I said, I don't want to be one of those self-help junkies that can't think for themselves. But I went along anyway and checked it out. And even though they smiled way too much and they all wore name tags, I was like, let me get in and get out. I'll just, I'll just see what this is about. Fortunately, they cracked my heart open. They cracked my cynicism. And I realized that I'd spent my life getting really good with numbers and, and systems and money and business. I didn't know anything about intimacy and vulnerability and leadership and influence and communication. So I, I got hooked and I, I really dived in deep and they trained me as a coach. And I've spent the last 25 years of my life doing a lot of working out who I am and how to have a great life, which I've discovered money is helpful. That's great. Let's start with more money, but it's not everything. It's not nearly the whole ball of wax. So that's how I went from actuary to life coach. And I actually resigned from the Institute of Actuaries about two or three years into my coaching career. And that was scary. Like if you can imagine qualifying as a doctor or a surgeon or something or a lawyer, and then just going, I'm done. No <laughs> longer. I'm just going to do this now. That was, that was pretty scary. I can imagine. And, you know, I think the phrase you just said is really powerful and something all of us should kind of take to heart is that money is helpful. Money is a part of the happiness equation, if you will, uh, but it's not everything. And we have to know what else we want in our lives in order for them to, to be happy. As you mentioned, right, you had it made, a corner office, Park Avenue, you know, consulting to all of the huge, big brand names, but you weren't happy doing what you were doing. And I think a lot of us kind of focus too much on the money, right? We're like, ah, oh, I've got to, you know, I hit that revenue goal and then I'm going to be so much happier. And I hear again and again from people who are like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you hit that goal if you don't have other happiness metrics. Yes. So tell me, uh, what are some other happiness metrics some people kind of overlook or especially for people who are, who are so invested in giving of themselves like coaches, right, to help others? What's something that, uh, you know, other happiness metrics that they should be considering? I love that question about happiness metrics. You know, Zig Ziglar, I think, is the one who said, Money isn't everything, but it rates right up there with oxygen. Yes. And I, you know, it's like, and you know, if you've ever been poor, you know, when you're worried about how to pay the rent or, or, you know, where the, where the, you know, how you, you know, you're watching your grocery bill really carefully, you know, that more money can really make a difference. It can give you a beautiful home. It can make travel possible. It can give you peace of mind. So I would say, let's let's use that as the first happiness metric. We just start with that because more money is better than less money. But as you say, it's not the only thing. So what else do we want? Well, the next metric I usually look at with my clients is how's your time off? How much time off do you have? So you've got this much devoted to work. How much time off do you have? So if you've got a 40-hour work week, right now or a 50 hour work week right now, how do you want that to look a year from now? So then we've got money covered and then we have a goal of how much more time off do you want? Then 
ideally there'll be some relationship goals. How, like if you're single, what kind of a difference would it make to your life to have a partner? If you do have a partnership, what would happen if the trust went up 50% or if um, your partner's joy in being related to you went up 50%? Like, what would that be like? What if you were closer to your kids and your kids actually came to you for help or, you know, talk to you more or you had more quality time, let's say 50% more quality time, not just any time, but really sitting with them and digging into their lives and finding out what, what makes them tick. Then there might be some personal goals like self-care. I think that's so important and it's so easy to focus on our businesses or our careers and not take care of ourselves. So is there a health goal? Would you like to be fitter? Would you like to sleep better? Would you like to have 50% more energy? I, I love these questions when, when people come to me. I'm like, let's really find out what matters to you so that you leap out of bed excited to work on your goals. And as you say, it's not all about money. We start there, but I look at the whole person and people who come to me for help don't want just money. There's plenty of people they can go to for that. They come to me because they want someone who can help look at the whole picture. Start with money and then have your life be amazing too. You know, one of the big words that you just said is something that so many of us kind of overlook. And that is, what is your goal and defining your goal, right? What does that happiness goal look like for you? And it's the same in marketing. It's the same in business. Oftentimes people are like, well, I want this to work better. And then, you know, I'll ask, okay, well, what does that look like? Oh, well, it's just going to be better. Or I'm going to compare myself to somebody else and say, I want to be like that person. But really when you're talking about goals, especially when you're talking about happiness metrics and, and making sure to build the business and the life and the community that you want to be a part of, you have to have very clear ideas as to what is that goal? How do you work towards it, right? So why is choosing the right goal so important when we talk about uh, building out those happiness metrics. You mentioned so many different ones, right? You mentioned relationships, both with your kids, with your family, with your partners. You mentioned, you know, money goals as well. You mentioned health goals. So why is it that we need to choose the right ones and how can we kind of get started on that right path? I love that question. The reason we need to choose the right goals is because of what you said when we started this interview, which was about focus, it's just so easy to chase so many things and so many shiny objects. And that can be entertaining. That can be a lot of fun. But if we want results, then we're going to have to focus. And I thought as you were speaking earlier about martial arts, when I was about 12, my dad took me to a karate class and martial arts is a lot about focus, right? If you don't focus, you're going to, you could get your nose broken. But I think it's the same running a business and running our lives. We need to focus if we want great results, but the first step is working out what to focus on. If you don't have clear goals, how are you going to know this year what to put your time on and what to say no to? You won't know. You don't have a chance. How are you going to know this week what to put your attention on and what to say no to, how are you going to know tomorrow? And then how are you going to know for the next two hours what to say yes to and what to say no to? 
don't have a chance unless you've worked out where you want to go. So that's why goals are so important and the right goals are important. The only thing worse than, um, oh, I'm going to totally mess up this expression. You don't <laughs> want to climb the ladder really quickly and then finally succeed to find that your ladder's propped against the wrong wall. Yes, because then you have to go back down and move it over and crawl up again. And suddenly uh, you're not nearly as motivated to get to the top. And you know, yeah, that's, right. uh, that's a really great topic to be talking about is making sure that our goals are leading us towards what we want to be doing, right? And it's really hard to focus and know what journey you want to be going on and what journey you want other people to be going on if you don't know what your goals are at the end. Yes. And can I, can I say too, some people yes. might think, oh, I'm too busy to do, to do a, a lot of planning. Well, you might be too busy also to spend eight years focused on something that's not going to bring you happiness. That's not very productive either. So for example, I studied to be an actuary and I spent eight years qualifying. And then, is that true? Eight years? <laughs> yeah, I think it was eight years. I think it took me eight years to actually qualify. And then I quit a year later. Imagine what I could have done with that time had I done some planning and known more, maybe worked with a coach. So I think having the right goal is, is important. One, so that you know what to focus on. And then two, so that when you achieve it, it'll actually be something that makes a difference to your life instead of a shallow goal or the wrong goal or something that might've been for someone else to make them happy, or it might've been to stroke your ego. And then you find, oh my goodness, I don't need a published book after all, but I didn't know that. Absolutely. You know, there's a, a phrase that comes to mind right now, which is a uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. And uh, it really ties into not only building our happiness, building the life and the business that we want, it also ties into our marketing. And that's one of the top questions I get all the time is, well, what what does success look like? And I always ask, well, what does success look like to you? And one of the things I do is, you know, I, I offer a couple of workshops that are live and in where we guide people through defining what that end goal looks like, like the Wreck Your Welcome series workshop. And if you guys want to hear more about that, you can go to theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop, where we plan out your Write Your Welcome series and you actually get the time to write it and get it done. But it's so important to know where you're going, right? Because if you want to take that path, if you want to navigate that path, if you want to put in all that time and effort, like you mentioned, eight years to get to where you wanted to go and then you didn't actually use it, what else could you have been doing in that time, right? Uh, I yeah. remember growing up, university was where I was going, right? I was going to go to college. So I went to college and I picked my college because I wanted to study abroad. So I did. I studied abroad and I got my degree. And uh, depending on who you ask, I have never used my degrees ever uh, in the eight, 10 years I've been in business. So I have a Spanish degree and an anthropology degree. So some people would say that ties into marketing. Other people wouldn't. So what if I had spent all of my time doing the things I loved first? Was that a wasted eight years? Was that not a wasted eight years? I loved your, uh, your story there about how it actually took you eight years to qualify to be a part of, uh, I think you said the Society of Actuarials, which I assume has like really stringent requirements and there's a lot of effort to go into that. And then you quit after a year, right? That's right. I quit. And I want to make the point too, it doesn't have to be a lot of planning. You don't have to go and do a week-long course or a retreat. You could spend 30 minutes today 
or on the weekend working out what your 12-month goals are. Just pick three that would really make a difference to your life and then layer it. Okay, that was 30 minutes. I've created that. Spend the next 30 minutes working out what the three-month version looks like and then what does the seven-day version look like and then what will you do tomorrow? That doesn't take very long to do. And then if you want to have that kind of planning in your life consistently, I recommend just a 20-minute date with yourself once a week. That's all I'm asking for, a CEO date with yourself where you look back for 20 minutes, you look back on your life for the last seven days and you celebrate what you've actually accomplished. Because I guarantee you've accomplished 10 times more than you can even remember. And it's important to pat yourself on the back. And then look at your three-month goals and say, what am I going to bite off for the next seven days? This is what I will care about for the next seven days. You can put post-its up on your wall, whatever, use your Trello cards, whatever you do, it doesn't really matter. And then all the rest of the stuff that's on my to-do list, I will choose not to care about for seven days. It only takes 20 minutes once a week to do that. And you can not only double your revenue and your time off in a much shorter period of time, but you can feel good about yourself at the end of each day, knowing that you did what matters to move towards the goals that matter to you. That is such a powerful tactic right there. Everyone take notes, the 20-minute date with yourself, right? I know a lot of us kind of, we make appointments and we make dates and we make, uh, you know, time slots for other people and we put priority on those, but we always let other things intrude on ourselves, right? Oh, I've got this time set aside for self-care, for working out, for taking care of whatever it is that I want to take care of. But then, oh, you know, this client contacted me. I'll, I'll let them book during that time. Or, some, you know, we don't even block it off on our schedule. So I would say right now, take the time, decide when is that 20-minute date with yourself going to happen. And then the other part that you said was giving yourself a moment to congratulate yourself on your achievements. And uh, I've been doing this kind of like on an annual basis, like, oh, I'm focusing on all the things I didn't get to, but now I want to focus on the things I did get to. But just once a week, taking a moment to say, good job, you're doing great, so that you don't get burned out, so that you can kind of see and track and visually, you know, take note that, hey, I did a really great amount of work this week. I I made an impact. I I helped so many people. I I hit this achievement goal. Uh, Instead of focusing on the negative, I think too often, especially in the world of entrepreneurs and coaches, we kind of focus on, well, what didn't I get as opposed to what did I achieve? Yes. And you, you may have called a friend. You may have helped someone out. You may have played with the puppy next door that was (laughs) taking a walk. I think it's important to just look at the, the useful and uh, things that we've done for our own lives. Now, maybe some of them may help you make money. That's great. Maybe some of them were acts of kindness. Maybe some of them were acts of self-care, kindness to yourself. So I think that is important. And I just noticed today, I looked at my to-do list uh, from yesterday. I went and took it and I was planning my day. And I got to cross off, like, you know, that feeling of crossing off four or five things on the list. And as I did it, I said out loud, David, you legend. Yes, nailed that, nailed that, nailed that. And then it's a good time to actually, and I know some nerds like me will do this, if it's not on your list, but you <laughs> did it anyway, write it down and then cross it off. I do that. Away. 
I absolutely yes. do that. You totally. get kudos for doing above and beyond what you planned. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a way of acknowledging everything that we did. And I think we need that. We could use that every day, but definitely once a week in your CEO date, pat yourself. You can literally pat yourself on the back. Good job. Because some of the stuff that you'll do in a week is hard. It's hard. Maybe it wasn't hard for someone else, but some of it's going to be hard for you. Maybe you faced something you didn't want to do. Maybe you made a dental appointment finally, right? These things matter. And I want, I want you to acknowledge yourself. Uh, every listener, and I'm talking to myself too when I say this, acknowledge yourself three times more than you currently are. It's not going to hurt and it might actually feel good. Absolutely. So one of the things that, uh, you know, is in your bio, and I know that's what you help people with is helping people be 30% more courageous to double their revenue. So when we're talking about happiness metrics, and we're talking about how to, you know, take the time to congratulate yourself and take the time to give yourself a, a your CEO date. Uh, I really love that phrase. What does that mean being 30% more courageous? How does that show up in people's lives and business? We tend to regret more the things that we didn't do than the things that we did. And I do believe that 20 years from now, I will more regret not taking action and, and letting fear run me. And I found this out as a kid because I, I just almost never stood up to bullies. Bullies would push me around and, and I just, I just take it and I'd back down every time. And I regret to this day that I didn't just at least once punch a bully on the nose and take a beating, <laughs> right? How, how bad could it have been really? And um, I would have felt better about myself. And so I try and judge everything today based on, will I regret not fully going for it? And this applies to business as well as relationships. So in your business, what you want to do is find your edge and ride your edge. You don't have to go crazy. I'm not talking about, like, like I've jumped off a, a, a mountain in Nepal with a paraglider strapped to my back and gone up. Like, I'm not saying you have to do that or even walk <laughs> across hot coals with Tony Robbins or stuff like that, but you want to find where is your edge. Maybe there are 10 prospective clients you could call up and say, hey, I got a really good thing going here and I wanted to see if you're interested in it. Have you got five minutes? Or maybe it's a celebrity endorsement. I remember I was pretty damn nervous asking Richard Branson to write the forward to my book and asking Jack Canfield and approaching Steve Wynn from the Wynn Hotels. That was scary for me. Absolutely. But with my heart pounding in my chest, I did it. I asked all three of them. And then one of them said yes. So I want you to, here's a great exercise. Get a piece of paper and a pen and just write at the top, what would I do in my business if I had no fear? And then you can do another sheet of paper. What would I do in my life if I had no fear? And once you've got that list, the reason I want you to do that is just to work out where your edge is, like work out what would be scary for you. It might be having an honest conversation with your business partner about something you don't like. It might be making a request of your partner in your life. Hey, when you do that thing, I feel really uncomfortable. And I'm wondering if you'd be open to stopping it. Find out where your edge is. You don't have to go and do everything on the list, but you might want to circle one or two of them this week, maybe a couple of the easier ones, screw up your courage, go for it. 
Mm. And I find nine out of 10 times, I feel better for the fact that I went for it. I don't even need a yes. I don't need to get the result. It's about being fully expressed in your life and your work. And as a bonus, you may find that you get some really wonderful results. Absolutely. I, uh, I took a plunge earlier this year. I, I hosted a summit and then I immediately hosted a live event. It was the first time I ever did either of them. And I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work. It was very much scary and very much a, an on the edge thing for me. And I had all these doubts like, oh, what if nobody shows up? Blah, blah, blah. And then I had somebody ask me a really powerful question. They're like, would you give this if only one person was in the audience? And I said, you know what? Yes, I would because that means that person needed my help and I wanted to help them. So even though I had an event with a very, very small attendance, it actually worked out really well with a 67% conversion for me, even though I only had a few people. And it's really powerful. You never know what's on the other side, right? Of taking that leap, of taking that yeah. action. And, and it's hard to, one of the problems in finding your edge is your mind might hide your edge from you because mm. it doesn't want to face some of these things. So it's not until you write at the top of a piece of paper, what would I do if I had no fear? I've got, I, I was just thinking, scanning, what am I afraid of at the moment or even nervous about? And, you know, there's a friend that I'd like to ask a favor. I'd like to ask a friend of mine if they'd be willing to uh, be a guarantor for me buying a property. Mm. That's a pretty big, big ask. Now they can say no. I don't really care if they see us or no, but that's an edge for me right? So I'll probably do it at, at, at some point if I want this enough. I haven't decided if I want it enough. There's also a medical program in Boulder I'm thinking of doing. And I, you know, I just don't know what the outcome's going to be. So I'm a little bit nervous about it. It's just a wonderful thing to at least know where your fears are and what you're afraid of. Then you have choice as to, uh, as to whether or not you go and do them. Now, that also can be a whole separate thing. If you're finding that you know where your edges are, but you find that you're not going and riding that edge, that's where coaching can come, in, come into play. Coaching or a mastermind group or some kind of support structure that can help you find a way in like someone did with you. They said, well, if there was one person in the audience, would you do it? All right. What if there were five? You start to like hack your own mind to find a way that you can go and confront those fears and push back the boundaries of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to transition real fast here uh, just for a moment. One of the things that we're all about here at the Audience Converter podcast is uh, talking about building community and converting your community and bringing in the right people for your community. So I just love to know, where do you meet your audience and community? And uh, do you have a secret you'd be willing to share that works well when converting your audience and community? What an awesome question. And yes, I do have a, a secret. So the way I'm doing it these days, I've been in business for quite some time. I think I started with search engine optimization and that's how I got Ooh. to be number one on Google for life coaching. And then I did public speaking. I did a lot of, lot of speeches and got a lot of clients that way. These days, what I'm doing is podcast guest appearances like this one. And I was going to do speaking. I was like, really, you know, I got my show reel together and I, I'm a good speaker and I like it. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then a friend of mine, Ezra Firestone said, podcasting's still growing. Why don't you do that? You can do that from home. I'm don't like, have to wow. travel. 
And this was before the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. So thankfully, for a year before the pandemic hit, I just went really deep into podcasting. And so that's how I meet my audience right now. I share who I am. I share some of the tools and techniques of what I do with my clients. And then the people who are interested in that, they're like, oh, I want to grow my business and my life. At the same time, they go to my website and they reach out and we get on the phone and we see if we're a fit for each other. Now, a secret that I am willing to offer here on this podcast, and I'm still using this, I don't do any cold approaches. So we won't just find a podcast that's highly ranked and reach out and say, hey, you're highly ranked. You want to have me on your show? (laughs) We don't do that. I just, I know it does work for a lot of people and it's a numbers game. What I'm more interested in right now, I'm on a show with you, Kimberly. Once the show's done, I'm going to get curious. Now, who is Kimberly connected to? What host is she connected to? And there are two different ways you can approach this. What shows has she already been on? And what hosts of other shows have been on her show? Those are the connections. So instead of asking you, I'm not going to ask you, hey, what shows do you think might be good for me? Could you make some recommendations and some intros? No, I'll go and do my research. Actually, I've hired someone to do it. And we'll come <laughs> up with a wish list. And then, um, and then we'll send it out to you and say, hey, if you thought this was any good, and you'd be happy to recommend me, are there any people on this list that would be easy for you to make an introduction to? And I, you know, you can say no, and I don't mind. We'll, we'll go, we can go, go and approach those. I call it a warm approach because I know of a connection now. But like, hey, saw that Kimberly was on your show and I was just on her show. You seem to have good taste. <laughs> uh, would you be interested in this topic? Right? So I always... We only approach when there's a connection. I'm already connected to someone who has respect for my message and my platform and myself. There's my secret. You know, that's a, I think that ties into kind of my whole philosophy behind marketing, which is instead of approaching it as you have to create something from nothing, approach it as you're putting your message in front of the people who already are looking for your help. They just don't know your name yet. So I love that idea. And I've heard of warm emailing and uh, that's kind of my approach as well because who wants to like get rejected 50 times anyway? Uh, so you want to have that, that point of connection. So we're almost out of time. And I want to say thank you so much for giving so much amazing information and sharing your wisdom with us and the audience here. What would you say is that first step? What, what is that first thing people can do right now to kind of uh, increase their courage, uh, double their revenue, and also... Uh, kind of plot out those happiness metrics? Yeah, I'll give some simple steps. And then I have a cheat sheet that listeners can download that'll have the rest of the steps. Oh, fantastic. Um, First thing is set your goals for 12 months from now that would truly have you do the happy dance. Like, like, so my, my uh, men's group, one of them asked me, what would have you celebrate? And that was a confronting, I was like, wow. Like I know what I want, but what would really have me do the happy dance? So that's step one. Step two, layer those goals because a year out is too long. So bring it back to what can you have eight or 12 weeks from now that would have you feel fully on track? That makes it real. Then bring it back again to seven days out and then work out what you'll do tomorrow. Ah, fantastic. Once you've done that, 
I recommend booking some sprints in your calendar because it's, it's ridiculous to ask your mind to be focused 24 seven. That's not fair. It's not reasonable. So book some sprints in your calendar. Those are the times you will sit down and do some uninterrupted work on a single goal. And uh, it's not easy to do. You, you're working against a lifetime of habit, but this is the way you start. And then the rest of the uh, actions are on the cheat sheet. It'll really help you double your productivity and your, and your time off. Fantastic. And then that leads me to my last and final question, which is uh, where can people find out more about you? Awesome. Well, I, I've created a little gift basket of goodies. So there's the cheat sheet, which is uh, one or two pages. And then I did a training because entrepreneurs would keep coming to me and I realized the plan for one person is not the same as the plan for the next person. So, so I highly recommend you assess yourself in each mm. of nine areas that I've identified as critical to doubling revenue. So you can do that in 35 minutes. It's a free training and you can get that. And also you can connect with me and see if you're fit for the Samurai program. If you're interested in my eight week program, all of those things at myfocusgift.com. That's myfocusgift.com. Fantastic. Well, David, uh, once again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Be sure to check out myfocusgift.com, everybody. That sounds like an awesome, awesome gift basket. I will be going and grabbing my own copy of that as well. And until next time, keep calm and carry on. David, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Great to meet you. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.